This is Culture Matters in Malden, a new podcast that explores culture and arts as a lens to discuss important themes relevant to the Malden community. My name is Osa Schwab, host for this episode, a conversation with two students about their learning experience attending school in this time of COVID-19. It's a time we are all grappling with, and for educators, parents, and students, there are challenges, but with challenges come opportunities. And what can happen when we invite students into the conversation about solving problems or making things better? In the case of my conversation with Eli and Hudson, I discovered that they are keen observers and have knowledge about what is going on. They would like to be heard as we all try to make things better. sixth grade. I'm attending a private school in Beverly called the Wiring School, which has French and classes in the liberal arts, I guess. Okay, so I attend a public school just like here in Malden. It's called the BB School. And yeah, it's basically like just like any ordinary school. And are you in sixth grade or? I'm in fifth fifth, grade. Fifth grade. Okay. Now, can you describe right now the kind of uh, learning environment you're in online, in person? What's it like in terms of the the learning situation? Mm, We have two days in person on the school campus. But we're only allowed into designated spots, right? So we have our own, like, classroom tent outside. We have a classroom inside. And, well, from 3.30 to 5 o'clock, we have a designated spot to either do yoga or kickboxing for the end of the day. And then the other days you're doing online learning? Yeah. And is the teacher, are you in classes online? For part of that time and then you have to do homework on your own? Well actually our school we don't have a lot of homework this weekend because our school recognizes religious holidays not just Christian holidays right so this weekend we don't actually have a lot of homework in observance of Yom Kippur right and last weekend we didn't have a lot of home well we didn't have any homework because of Rosh Hashanah. Ah. Uh-huh. That's good, I, I assume. <laughs> what about you, Eli? What's your uh, learning environment? Are you in, in person or online? It's all online right now, but I think in October they might switch to hybrid. So one day in school, then the next class goes back in school and we have online learning. But I don't know. It's just I don't really understand I mean, I do understand why we have to do our online learning, but, like, if we were outside and did, like, learning, like, in-person learning, and could stay six feet apart, then it would be much better than just, like, doing fully online stuff. And it's pretty complicated because of um, so many tabs being, like, opened. And I'm going into fifth grade, which uh, 
like uh, our school is considered like middle school so it's pretty complicated because it's like a whole new like i don't know how to say it curriculum or something but yeah it's been pretty complicated for me so you would prefer a at least when the weather is nice enough to be in person outside six feet apart you think that could work i think that would work because i mean probably not with the younger students like like um the kindergartners or like first graders and second graders i mean they do understand a lot my brother does too but i don't know my uh, it it would just be nice to be able to see your friends in person so just online I can understand that. So do you remember uh, back in, I guess it was March, or, or do you remember the, the how you felt and what your reaction was when you were told you can't come back to school because of this pandemic? Do you remember that, Hudson? Yeah, actually, I remember our school, well, in the middle of March, they began to have us where, well, they began to have us like social distance with like three feet, right? And then eventually they had to have us have masks on and six feet. And then school just closed and it was completely online from March till the end of the year in May. Actually, no, the end of the year. When was the end of the year? Yeah, May. And do you remember how you felt? Like, were you like in shock? Did you think, wow, yay, I don't have to go to school? Or did you think, oh gosh, this is terrible? Or Work was definitely easier and faster at home. Like, instead of being in school for seven hours, right, and going from period to period in school, you could do your homework in like maybe 30 minutes to an hour. So it was, it was easier and you had more free time, basically. How about you, Eli? Do you remember your reaction when you were told that, ah, sorry, can't come back to school, got to do it online? Well, when they closed, they said that maybe we could came, come back like um, on May 5th, I think. So when we waited for that day, a week before that, um, I got the news that it was going to be closed for a year. So I was like, okay. Uh, and I had like three weeks off because, and then April vacate, I mean, no, like vacations, a little vacation. So everything was fine. Then school came and I think it was much easier, like Hudson said, because for me, yeah, it was easier at first, but, um, yeah, because we'd finish like our assignments in one hour to one hour and 30 minutes. And also, we only had one meet per week. But this year, it's all changed. We have like one meet, then the next meet, then the next meet, all the way from 8.20 till 2.30 or something. So you go from one Zoom class to another Zoom class to another Zoom class without any breaks? Well, there is like... Okay, like there's independent work time. We usually have four classes. And then there's two classes first until 10.20. Then we have independent work time. Then we have like exploratory, which is usually like Spanish, art, music, physical education. What happened is then we have lunch and then we have independent work time, then the other two classes. So 
yeah, five Zoom meets. So how do they do physical education on uh, by Zoom? Oh, <laughs> yes, uh, our teacher has this um, Zoom channel. Um, I mean, not Zoom, YouTube channel. And he records like himself doing workouts. And we're supposed to do that with him. Oh. And sometimes we do like rock, paper, scissors in like um, physical education. But yeah, I miss gym a lot more. Yeah. Eli, you already had um, a thought about how you think the the situation could be a little different and and be a bit better by being outside, um, you know, and having in-person classes outside. Hudson, what do you think? Are you happy with the way that your school is handling the um, COVID, that they're doing something that's working for you and, and you, you think it's as good as it can be? Yeah, because even our health teacher, like, he'll just remind us to social distance and things like that when people get a little, well, they kind of forget the rules, I guess, or bend the rules a little bit, right? But for the most part, when it's not wet, we do some of our classes in a field where we can really social distance, right, and take our masks off sometimes, right? We have to be, like, 20 feet apart to take our masks off. So, I mean... Well, if your school has a large property, then the COVID situation could be handled very easily for your school. But if your school doesn't, it's a little harder, I guess. So maybe a school could use every other classroom. Did you already have some ideas about how school could be better, even before COVID? Um, I did have some ideas, like better challenges and like a higher expectation to make like people be challenged more often. They don't do that that often in like public schools. I think that would be much better. Do you mean to be challenged more, like have more difficult material and uh, that the, the teachers say, I know you can do this, you know, it's more difficult material, but more interesting? Yes, uh, like I, I think that some people like will basically just like stay a little behind, and then they're trying to keep up. Like, if you're like someone like me, which I consider myself a little like smart, it, because like I get great like good grades, but when like there's like a lower like standard, we're trying to like learn. There are kids that will like not learn as much and like won't study hard enough to like keep up so there's like a lower expectation set up and then like kids like me don't get challenged enough so that's what i mean when like higher expectations and stuff like that. and that's how most Kids in my class are, so they'll just, like, say that they don't want to do their homework. And some people ask me to do their homework. I only did that once, and that was only because my friend couldn't do his homework. He was going on vacation, couldn't mm -hmm. take the stuff with him. Hudson, before COVID happened, did you have some thoughts about, gosh, I wish, you know, school was more like this, or that you had some ideas of how it could be better even before COVID? Yeah, like Eli said, there would always be kids like who wouldn't even study or try and who'd be more interested in things that were unschool related, which would kind of slow down all the other students like 
putting a Freightliner's anchor on a speedboat, right? <laughs> That's a great metaphor. <laughs> I mean, and another thing is the teacher would, like, focus a lot on those kids. So, and, like, when other kids would need help, it would be usually the kid that didn't study or anything, right, who would get the most attention from the teacher. So, in that case, how do you think, because there will always be different levels of either interest or even certain kind of capacity. How would you manage the differences in a classroom? Do you have some ideas of the solution to not only help the the kids who are struggling, but to still challenge those like you two who are really interested, you're working hard? Do you have some idea of how to handle that? Kids that have already graduated school and know the material really well, if they could voluntarily come back and help the teachers, right, which is kind of hard now with COVID, right, come back and help the teachers and answer certain kids' questions because they already know the material because they graduated the school. But that's hard now because of COVID, like I said earlier, because, well, the least amount of people you have in the classroom is probably best. So you'd reduce the class size and maybe use people who are either graduated or maybe, you know, could be like mentors or tutors so that it wouldn't hold back the rest of the class. Is that your thinking? What about you, Eli? You had something also. So we had a program like that. It's just there were too many students. Lots of tutors came like for like low, like it was low pay. $5 per hour, just voluntarily. Come if you want. It doesn't matter if you miss it. But, so, they judged it by last year's results. So, if a kid didn't do good, like, in the last year, they would, like, say, recommend it. But some kids just don't want to learn. Like, they won't go to the tutoring classes. So that's how basically the thing is falling apart right now. And COVID, yeah, basically ruined the whole thing. So, Right, yeah. Why do you think you two are so interested, like you want to learn? Where, where does that come from? Is that just you've always been that way? What do you think um, contributes to your interest in really applying yourself to school and even other things. So if you watch like documentaries about science or history or other things, right? And you want to know more, you can't ask the documentary because it's just a documentary, right? But it'd be nice if you could ask the teachers, but sometimes even the teachers don't have that knowledge, right? So you're forced to use stuff like Google, right? And search engines, well, they violate your privacy, right? So it would be nice if there would, well, if there could be like every like once in a while, your school could invite somebody who knows in the topic, right? Like have a petition in school to vote for a topic, right? And and the school would ask somebody, it's up to the person that they ask whether to come or not. They could ask somebody to like answer questions at the school about one topic or another. That's a wonderful idea. I love that. So to actually have some sort of expert who's you could really respect and, and they be there, they'd of course probably be really interested in what they have to say. And, and then the students could ask questions for, of them. 
That's what do you think about that, Eli? You you think that's a good idea? It's a, I think it's a great idea. I think my curiosity, like when you're interested in something, you just try it out uh, out of plain curiosity. But then you want to know more and more about it, and then you start to excel at that. So yeah, I think it would really help like schools have better grades for students, and they'd also be interested in what they're learning. So tell me about some of your interests, Eli. What what in particular do you find really interesting that you have either done some research about or or like to learn read about or there's various topics. I mean like I like to read about like statistics like in the world, like who holds what world record or how many people are there in this country, stuff like that. So you know the Guinness Book of World Records? Do you re- is that one book that you read? Yeah, I like reading like some of them often. Some of them have like useless stuff in them, like like who drunk the most alcohol in one minute, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I I know, and I hear you're also quite a musician. I I, I like also yes, Hudson's one too. I think <laughs> we both. So Hudson, I know one of your big interests is history because I got to, I benefited from that interest the other day when you shared a bit about some different things. Why do you like history? Well, history is really nice to know about because there are problems in the world right now that started maybe 200, 300, maybe even thousands of years ago, right? That still have not been resolved, right? Like Crimea, which is one of those things, and slavery, the cur- racism, the current problem right now, right? What's good about history is, well, some parts of history are pretty dark. Like, I don't want to bring up stuff like this, like the Holocaust, stuff like that. Because, well, there are modern questions that could be answered through history. There could be somebody who made a chemical reaction, right? And somebody finds their notes, right? And they realize that that chemical reaction can do something quite significant, like make hair grow or something. (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. And do you find when you read about history that what, what observation do you make about human beings, human beings throughout time? One thing that's really interesting about history is there really hasn't been one time that the whole world has actually united as one, right? There's always been two countries or more countries that hate one another, right? And fight with one another. But only in like a terrible situation like COVID would like the world be stronger together, right? Or like like finding out the sun would swell up in 10 million years. Well, the global warming. Yeah, all of that stuff, right? But the thing about global warming is there are countries who wish to prevent global warming, right? And what happens is there's always one country that doesn't want to prevent global warming. And sometimes it's for good reasons. Like, I'm not saying it's good reason to not get rid of global warming, but there are countries that try to get rid of global warming. But no matter what they do, it still has an environmental impact like China, right? And I know China does some of that stuff on purpose, right? Like, for example, the Mekong River. There's a river that flows into the Mekong, right? Actually, no, it's not the Mekong. Sorry. There's this other river. in. It goes through Cambodia, Vietnam, and Myanmar, 
right? And it starts in Tibet, where most rivers actually in Southeast Asia, well, in China and Southeast Asia start out, right? Because Tibet is a mountainous place. And China, it like builds a coal plant every 20 minutes or something, right? And every, even when they try to build an ecologically friendly dam, it still has an environmental impact on the river beneath the dam, right? There's actually a dam in China right now, the Three Gorges Dam, which due to the monsoon season might collapse, right? And there's like a huge city below it, home to like 12 million people. But the problem if that dam collapses is it won't just flood that city. All the cities down the river will also get flooded, right? And some of those cities are like Shanghai, major cities like that, right? And well, they can't fix the dam because to fix the dam, they'd have to stop the dam, right? Which would just build up the pressure and break the dam, right? They can't, well, they can't do anything with the dam, but they just have to hope the water goes down, right? But China being so secret and liking to do stuff like that, one one time, the city beneath, right? In the middle of the night, the dam was filling with water, right? And it was actually splashing over the top, right? So they had to do an emergency discharge, right? But they didn't tell the city beneath it, right? So at 12 o'clock in the night, they do the discharge, right? And then at eight in the morning, everybody wakes up and the streets are flooded, right? And there's a huge problem with modern Chinese cities. They're built so quickly, they don't install a sewage, a sewage system, right? So there's no drainage or anything, right? And there's actually an inventor in China who's become really rich off a flotation device that you can put in your car and you press a button and it deploys and your car floats around. <laughs> that yeah. sounds fun. Wow. Eli, when you think about statistics, when, you know, listening to Hudson talk about the value of history and how it can help us understand like complex problems now and things like that, how do you see statistics as an important thing to understand or, or to, to spend some time learning or thinking about what, what is the value of that statistics in your mind? I, I don't know. I think it has a pretty big value because, like, I really, like, like to know how much stuff, like, basically how much, like, how many people were killed in the Civil War. Like, stuff like that can be, like, history and statistics can be combined very well because you need to know both. What would you say has been a positive thing for you through this COVID time? Hmm. Well, I guess I get to spend more time at home with my family, right? And my dogs. <laughs> so what about you, Eli? What's uh, one thing that you feel like has been positive through this or you've learned? or I don't know. My, my handwriting has been really horrible, so I've been working on that. But also, I think I've gotten a little of a writing boost because I'm faster at typing than, like, faster than writing in notebooks. And also, like... I, ideas will pop into my head and I won't have to like use one of my full notebooks to like scratch out other lines and so you can just that, type it is that what you do yes but sometimes I get like a better idea for like what I'm writing so when that happens I could just press the backspace button I think that's what's made it easier for me I don't have to like cross out a line another one right the beauty of editing software or word you know word processing um that's that's great yeah. and then finally what if you were to give advice to the teachers or the administrators what advice would you give them 
Mm, well, hmm. that's a hard one. I think my advice would be um, to, um, like, for hybrid learning, we're saying one day, then the next class, then one day, then the next class. I think it should be more like Hudson School. That, like, because we have exploratory on the same days over and over again. So we get the same classes, like, we probably get art in Spanish every time. And then there would be no physical education. We do it online still. So so I think they should change it to one week, then the next class. That It's less complicated. I would say maximizing time outside because, well, vitamin D, well, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure it makes you happier, right? Because of dopamine, I guess. And, well, being outside is also just nice, right? Because you can hear birds, you can get fresh air, right? So I think maximizing time outside for the students is probably one of the best things to do. Also, outside, you're less likely to spread COVID instead of being contained in a building. There are a lot of problems COVID is bringing up for you guys, for our society. Do you feel like you would like to have more of a voice in talking about this or thinking about it or solve, you know, helping solve the problem, especially as, as it pertains to students? My school, well, my new school, has a, I'm, actually, I'm not sure. I think it might be a club. Yeah, it's a club. It's definitely a club, right? And it's a Black Lives Matter club, right? And this was set up, I think, last year, right? And last year, what the club would do, right, is they would participate in Black Lives Matter protests, right? Peaceful protests, because, well... My school didn't really want any students getting involved with violent protests, right? And their whole life, their whole thing is how to make, well, solve any racial injustices in my school, my new school, right? And I honestly haven't seen any, right? I'm actually not a member of the club because they have meetings like every day and I don't really have time for the meetings, so... <laughs> So that's an example where they're actually um, taking some action on solving a problem like the students themselves. So that's that's awesome. That's great. What about you, Eli? Do you think that you want to be more part of the solution going forward, either about COVID about or what Hudson was talking about, racism or any of other issues in society? I think, like, basically children are, like... Like, older children or, like, young teens should basically, I think they should get more of a part. Yes, I do think they should. Like, they should have a voice. But, like, I don't think they should, they should be able to, like, talk to people who are in power. Not by, like, having to work themselves up, like, skip school and miss school. Like, Greta Thunberg <laughs> Like, I don't think children should have to do that. I think they should just have a chance. So it would be cool if there was, like, an organization that helped children meet with people who they want to know better so they can explain to them how they feel in this time and what's happening. You've been listening to Culture Matters in Malden. I am Osa Schwab, and I have been speaking with Eli and Hudson. 
They are middle schoolers living in Malden. After our conversation, we scheduled a meeting with Gary Christensen, mayor of Malden, so they could ask questions like, where does the city get its energy? Is it ecological? They also asked about the status of domestic violence and how the city is dealing with systemic racism. They shared their thoughts about school and what could make it better, as well as ideas for what might help the community be more connected. Pre-COVID, episodes for this podcast would be recorded in the MATV UMA podcast studio, but this episode was recorded with Zoom. Special thank you to John Guzman for helping edit this episode. Music excerpts included are from a piece called Thank You, composed by the then nine-year-old Casper Au. This piece won second prize in the 20th Hong Kong Asia Piano Open for the junior composition class. For more information about this and other episodes, visit matv.org slash culturematters. Follow us on Instagram, on YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud.